fashion. I am bone rise up, ting ting like glitter and gold. Hi. I got fire in my soul. Rise up. Ting, Sorry, there have not like been any podcasts since I think the episode with my dad. Um, you can probably hear why. Let me explain this. And by the way. Uh, a guest today, Larry Smith. A couple of weeks ago, we had Haley and Kitty on from Safety Net at the Zeff Center. Uh, hashtag ring the bell helping um, runaway and homeless youth. Larry is on. He couldn't make it in to visit that day. So we're going to get Larry on the phone, get his perspective um, while Haley and Kitty are uh, more in the center. Larry's out there doing, um, connecting with the convenience stores, being out at the city parks, which again, as we've talked about a bunch, the city has now double the amount of partners this year helping for summer with helping with summer programming than they did last year. We can only hope that it will make a positive impact and there is less bad news than good news. Um, so uh, Josh got COVID, uh, my engineering friend, uh, and there was no way that, I wasn't going to get it because he was in my car. We went on last Friday. We went to go visit um, Mr. Tiggs. He did a little luncheon for PS419. Josh and I drove down there. Granted, it's only, we could have walked there. But once he told me, and he got it really bad, I'm like, well, I'll just wait for it and get it. Um, Felt a little under the weather on, I was okay on Saturday morning. Uh, He let me know. I went out to the NAMI walk, was okay, came home. Uh, continue to trim down tree branches and um, maybe that's what got me here because fast forward to yesterday um, I seemingly had every COVID symptom except for a fever I felt as my mom would say you feel a little warm Eric Uh, I felt a little warm a couple of times but nothing obvious I did get a thermometer on the way in here um, to just give myself some peace of mind, and it it, it was it was normal. Uh, but I have body aches. I sound like this. It's all in my throat. Um, let's see, some some congestion, some nasal stuff. Uh, sometimes I cough, and it feels like there's razors in my throat. Sometimes it's a dry cough. Nothing in my chest, all in my throat. But it has not been fun. There's been the, the last couple of nights I've had to uh, take some ibuprofen or leave or whatever the hell I took. To make the discomfort and aches go away so I could get some sleep. Um, And I'm not feeling any better. It's actually gotten a little worse since yesterday when I went to urgent care. And as I suspected, they said allergies. So I'm now on like 10 days of Claritin. And I hope this clears it up because this feels like COVID without having COVID. And oh, by the way, I took four at-home COVID tests, all negative, unless I'm doing them wrong. And they tested me there yesterday. Um, and no COVID, no flu, no strep, which is, you know, not that I want any of those things, but I'm quite dispirited that I'm not getting any better. Uh, before we bring in Larry, the other reason why I I might've been able to crank out a podcast yesterday, but this voice was so hard to do the radio show. Any extra talking was not, um, was not wise. Um, I just watched the carnage in the aftermath of the carnage and tragedy of another school shooting. And I find myself saying and thinking the same things every single time. Um, I made a couple of notes for myself because I see lots of pithy quotes from all over and they all seem quite convincing. Um, 
let, I made a couple of notes and I'll share these with you because if you follow this along, um, I guess this kid was uh, this kid was bullied, and I'm not that's not, I'm not making an excuse. Um, he was bullied, teased for his uh, his lisp, um, and this is why we have to help kids. Um, as we have said, Alex and I have said numerous times, um, we're not going to be able to stop a murder that's about to happen, uh, but we can stop it. We can stop something now from being that in five years. And I just made myself these notes, and I have literally I have stayed out of the debate and the discussion. Um, not every kid who is bullied is a school shooter, but every school shooter was bullied, or seemingly so. As an article I read today, we have a young, we have a. It's easy to put the adjective white in there. This kid wasn't white. We have a angry young male problem in this country. They're all the same. Uh, it, it, at least the stories track similarly. Um, I am actually, this goes to the fetish and romanticizing of the gun culture that we have embedded into our founding documents because I am stunned. Um, you could do far more damage and violence and I'm I'm surprised and I'm thankful that it hasn't happened. I think I've said this before. Uh, it was on Bastille Day, I think in 2016, uh, where a truck ran through people and 86 people were killed. And when that happened, I, I immediately thought, well, we have copycats. This is going to continue to happen. Maybe that might even be harder to stop than um, mass shootings because so many people, so many more people you'd think, have access to vehicles. Thank God that didn't happen. But if these people wanted to do maximal damage, even worse than the the nearly two dozen dead and injured from the other day, vehicles would cause more damage. But we we are caught up, we are enamored with guns. Um, And I'm going to come back to that in one second. And I, I don't think a lot of the news networks have chosen to show his picture or anything. Um, I wonder, and while it's very graphic and gory, these young men just perpetuate themselves. We just had the Buffalo thing, not what, three weeks or so ago? So what we're doing doesn't stop these, unless many of these are stopped without us knowing. Kind of like... Uh, you, know, you think about 9-11, uh, we will never actually know how many terrible terrorist plots have been stopped by CIA and whoever else. Because if we knew, we would be even more frightened. Uh, this, this, kid is, this kid is dead. Uh, I wonder if in the appropriate places we showed his lifeless body. Um, the next one that wants to do this already believes they will be some kind of martyr. They're doing it for twisted reasons like the great replacement nonsense with the Buffalo kid. But maybe it would stop one of them or several of them if they saw the body riddled with bullets and said, that's not how I want to be a martyr. And they stop the act that they're considering. Um, So I don't stick my nose in any of... The dialogue, the discourse has gone back and forth. It's it's the same. It's the same. And I read one headline today 
from Vox because there's a tweet that comes out. Um, I guess every time there is one of these uh, in the, in light of Sandy Hook, there was a tweet that said, "Once there was no change in legislation after that massacre and that harrowing tragedy that is now part of the DNA of this country, just like slavery is, was is, uh, and it's not going to change, and it has not." changed and look there's lots of data here there and I don't know it's just not my thing I'm I'm not a parent I don't have to worry about sending a kid to school um I'm not a gun person so I keep my nose out of this but this did strike me since people like me who are averse to guns like I've said before no one should ever sell me a weapon. For for all the mental health issues that I have struggled with, no one should ever sell me a gun. Like the red flag things. Like let's say I went to go buy a gun. They should see, oh, oh, you've seen lots of therapists and you're currently on some Bolton Vibrid. We need to have a longer discussion about you you buying this weapon. And the, for the people that go, and this isn't you, but for the people that go, well, if they're, they're going to find a way to do it if, if they want to do it. Yeah, but you know what? You can come back from... Attempting to take your life with a knife or an OD, but a gun, you're not pulling that bullet out of your skull. And again, I would never be a danger to others, but to myself, that's why no one should ever sell me a gun. If I were to ever go off my medication, work in my personal life would spiral, um, no one should legally be, be allowed to sell me a gun because in that despair, it's very likely I would take my life. I go to all the therapy I do. I seek out resources so that when my dad is gone, one of my the, the tent pole for my entire life is gone, that I can get through that. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say how to how to solve this thing. Um, you've you've heard about unringing the bell or putting the toothpaste back in the tube. Uh, the toothpaste is all out of the tube when it comes to the Second Amendment, and. Anything that comes with it. The toothpaste is out of the tube. It has been used on a toothbrush, spit out, and it is now all down the drain and gone. So I'll pose this. Let the people who love guns, and Alex is one of them. She and Thomas have guns. I think they have a rifle. Let the people who love guns figure out a solution to all of this because they don't want to hear anything from people like me where... I would say there seems to be some numbers and support and past legislation and whatnot. I think in the 90s here, um, that if you take away the heavy artillery, the machine gun types, the assault rifles, these things will slow down because you can do far less damage with a handgun that doesn't fire as quickly. But these people don't want to hear that from me. That's fine. So I want them. If you enjoy, as a, as a hobbyist, having these and would never bring any harm to another human being in these harrowing and detestable ways, I want to know how you would solve this. Because you don't want to listen to me. Because I don't think you want dead kids either. I'm sure you or many people who enjoy these types of weapons have kids and worry or think they will be some type of hero and go to the school and protect their kid, blah, blah, blah. But that's not reasonable all the time. So, how would you fix this? You love assault weapons. Um, you you want to keep your guns, your hobby, and all that stuff. So find us a solution. Find us a way so the places stop getting shot up, and we continue to stick out like a sore thumb across the planet. In the same way as I'm listening to my Yale Open course again about the Civil War with Professor David Blight, 
We are one of the uh, four or five great slave societies in the history of man. And ours is far less removed from some of the other ones. Um, our original sin is slavery. Not far behind that is how much we love our guns and how many lives are lost because of it. There was just something on Axios today saying that guns uh, are the top way we lose kids these days. Um, mass shootings, but also suicides as well. So the people that responsibly love guns help us fix it for everybody else. Here's Larry Smith, friend from Safety Net and the Zeff Center. Um, a great conversation with Larry after we got to talk to Kitty and Haley just a couple of weeks ago. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking some time. I, I have a lot of questions. I, I got to know Haley and Kitty and the program really well, but I've got a lot to run by you. Uh, thanks for having me, man. It's, uh, it's a, a pleasure to have these, this conversation. This is how we get the word out about our services, so I appreciate your time as well. Of course, of course. Let me start with how did you uh, give me the origin story of Larry Smith um, how did you get to safety net from wherever you started? Uh, that's a good question. So um, prior to coming to safety net, um, I was working for the YMCA as a hub director, which is kind of similar to what I'm doing now, but I was at a particular school. And when, as a hub director, what you do is you, you try to provide resources for that particular school for the parents, the, the students in that community. So that was a grant funded job and, and the grant wasn't renewed. So I came to Zeph as a after school program coordinator. And I did that for a little bit over two years. And then the pandemic hit. And one of the biggest things that we did at the after school program was transport the kids to, to school, from school, to, uh, to home, from home. And of course, uh, we couldn't figure out the logistics. So they kind of shut down the after school program. And with the safe, with the shelter being 24-7, 365, I was brought over here, and I was uh, blessed and fortunate enough to be the coordinator for a street outreach program. I wanted to go back even further. Uh, what got you interested in, in what you do? Like, what got you interested with the the Boys and Girls Club? Like, take me back to, to young Larry, <laughs> no, to teen a, Larry. Yeah, that's a good question, Eric. So, I'm born and raised in Toledo. Um, went to school to uh, Central Catholic. Uh, went on a to play college uh, ball at um, St. Joseph College in Rensselaer, Indiana, and um, came home and my mentor had got me a job at child support, and then um, I stayed there for like a year and a half. This is like back in 99, 2001. From there, I went to job in family services where I I was a case manager for 16 years, and kind of got burned out uh, with the adults and my one thing uh, is kind of funny, but my my grandmother um, shared with me that she always saw me working with kids. So I didn't really understand at that time being a young 20-year-old, um, but she just told me I had a niche for kids. So after working at the welfare department for 16 years, man, it's just I kind of just latched on. I got into the coaching field and started working with kids, and it took off from there. So it, was your, it sounds like your grandmother was the one who knew that you'd always be wanting to work with kids, but also helping people. All your jobs so far that you've told me are, are people-centric, helping people in, in problematic situations. Um, 
So thanks for doing that. Not everybody. I certainly didn't have that me when I was in my 20s. So any idea wh- where that came from, that willingness to be so, uh, so self-sacrificing and, and putting your time for others? It's my roots, man. And go back to my grandmother just kind of instilling and sometimes to give the coat off your back to others because you got another coat in your closet type of thing. And just my family background, man, we just uh, – it's, it's one of those things where you're used to giving, but sometimes you just don't know how to receive. So, you know, uh, giving back is just a second nature for me. Awesome. I wish more of us were like that. I wish I learned I, I wish I learned that when I was younger, but I'm, I'm glad to be a part of the the crew now. Um, speaking to, to Kitty and Haley a couple of weeks ago, tell me how what you do is slightly different from, I guess, what Haley does. Okay, so Haley um, is actually my boss, but, you know, she operates the, the shelter and the street outreach program. So this, the thing that's slightly different um, is the age range. Um, the shelter safety net goes from 12 to 17, where the street outreach program goes from 12 to 21. So sometimes you can have a kid that's in that age bracket that can get birth, both services. Mm-hmm. But like if I'm working with the kid at that particular time, there can't they cannot be in the shelter and vice versa. But say I have a kid that I work with and like a couple hours later need somewhere to stay um, that's safe and, and stable, they can actually come in to, to safety net. Isn't there, but, a, so the, is there, go ahead, there, Eric, I'm there, sorry. No, 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 there, there's an age limit on, on safety net, right? Isn't it, isn't it 18 and under? 12 to 17. 12 so to once 17. they turn 18, that's when we start working with them. Yes. Got it. So working with them, but not, they can't necessarily stay at safety net though, right? Correct. You can stay up to 17, yes, sir. So when you run into those kids who are a little older, which you have more of a focus on, and they're homeless or runaways, where can you offer them shelter, if at all? We have adult shelters, and honestly, Eric, I'm going to be honest with you, that's one of the struggles in the city, Um, just not alone the community, but just in the city. Um, It's not a lot of transitional um, living for our transitional, transitional kids that's in that 18 to 22 bracket. Um, hopefully that's something, you know, um, the city is looking to change because, you know, our youth are struggling because I can't expect. I have a conversation with an 18 year old and tell them, Hey, you might have to go stay at the tree street mission. Mm-hmm. I can't expect that, that youth to go there and, and be in a, a shelter with adults. Right. Um, and just because one, it's not, comfortable and two i don't we don't know that youth background in dealing with adults so um it can be scary i i mean i can imagine being 18 and homeless going into a, a adult shelter stand with people 25 26 30 year you know things like that so that can be a scary situation for a youth but um so it's not a lot of um resources to be honest with you out there for those kids in that transitional age how how do you engage with the uh, with the older kids during whatever activities that um, you work with as the youth program coordinator? I know you mentioned to me that you're you're out doing a lot of um, I guess marketing or events, uh, tabling as I guess we call it in my side. Um, how do you yes, engage? Sir. How do you engage with the kids? What's your what's your pitch to them when, when you come across them? Honestly, Eric, I'm a big kid at heart myself, so <laughs> it's easy for me to engage. I mean, I just. It's one of the things where, you know, when you, it's being consistent, being visible. So 
typically when you can do those two things, sometimes you can tear that uh, that wall down from that kid where they open up a little bit. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things where you take what you can get from that kid and through conversation, you know, it, it, the barrier constantly is, is gradually coming down. And it's just one of those, it's, I, me, I think conversation is important and being genuine towards that youth as well is important because, yeah, they're young, but they're people as well. So they can understand if, hey, you 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 know, you pitch me false advertisement or, you know, you're really here to help me. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. I get it. I'm, I'm the same way when I go out into the schools. Um, I'm sure some of these kids think that they're going to get a mental health talk from somebody who looks like they 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 shop at Kohl's or JCPenney and there's a button right. up. I'm like, nope, here's my Jordans and my Black Panther t-shirt and that's me right, every day. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> um, what does it, what does a day in the life of you look like? Um, because I'm sure some of the appeal um of the work is it's it is truly different every day and from what i gather with my visit at safety net you're not sitting behind a desk at all much no it's um it's it's a daily grind it's different every day and um i can't say enough about my team um their boots on the ground as well uh troy and gina and you know right now a, a daily uh grind is uh with the weather changing and it's getting hotter, we're at carryouts. Um, we're at parks, and we were um, pushing real heavy in the libraries because mm-hmm. a lot of our kids that we, um, you know, that we service are at the libraries because you know that's another safe space um, that our kids go to after school. So uh, we set up shop in these libraries quite a bit, um, and just like I said, having those conversations and being visible. But we also going on to community, talking to the cashiers at these carryouts and, um, you know, just hanging out the parks because, you know, that's another spot that these kids go to after school. Yeah. And, and from everything that I've seen in the last week uh, that the city has ramped up the summer programming, I know there's more than double the partners um, they're working with this year than last year. And um, keeping the kids busy is going to be important because we can't Absolutely. have the violence, the messiness, and anything like that. And uh, like my dad always said, an empty an empty mind is the devil's playground, and we got to keep these kids busy. So I'm, I'm glad you and your authenticity are out there looking for them. And w- w- does the community work with you? Um, I know uh, Kitty before had told me about um, like the, the small convenience stores and, and whatnot. Do those places work with you? Is it easy to get them on your team? It is, but you know how um, some of these, uh, like, uh, like a lot of gas stations we go to um, that I know the kids go to, um, you know, they'll give you a little pushback saying, you know, corporations don't really allow us to put up flyers and things like that. So my pitch to them is I know you get kids that sometimes you see only on a consistent basis coming again, coming in the store, getting the same things to forage or snack or whatever you not knowing that that might be they they meal for the rest of the day. Right. So let me give you this information. Take it to your boss or whoever needs to go to to see, okay, I get that, you know, you don't put the flyers up, but this is not like your, like your, um, a, a typical flyer. This is something different where we helping, helping kids, you know, with meals and with services that they may need to help them be a little bit more self-sufficient on a daily day on a day-to-day basis yeah you're not selling anything but uh but help to the community and to the kids so i'm i'm glad i hope that they they understand that once you 
convey that to them and they can message that up and and be a part of the uh, the solution. Let me uh, let me ask you to, to detail what a day in the life for one of these kids that you're trying to help might be like. I guess they're at uh, unhoused, maybe couch surfing. What what are, what does a day look like for them? Couch surf is, is is very common. You know, you don't know um, what the their household the household situation may be like. You know, so couch surf surfing is very common. So a lot of kids we get sometimes they you know they don't even want to talk. They just want to come in, you know, uh, get a meal, take a shower, and just sit sit back and debrief, which is okay. You know, we as adults, you know, we we can have a long day. And just want to go home and just sit on the couch and just relax. But, you know, sometimes these youth, their situation is 10 times worse than ours. So, um, so yeah, it's just one of those situations where, you know, you just make sure you keep that door open for these kids and let them know that there is a place for them where they can, you know, relax and um, just be a kid. So I guess uh, for the kids that are maybe 17 or 18 or younger, they have school to occupy them during the day. But some of the other kids that you might come across, um, what are they doing all day long? Do any of them work? Um, Because, again, you know, you're not doing anything. That's where where trouble can arise. What's a day in in the life like for for a kid who isn't going to school? So typically those type of kids, we try to uh, get them into the drop-in center Mm -hmm. and – kind of just get where their mind is, what they're looking for, what type of resources they're looking for. But, you know, that's one of the questions we do ask. Are you working? Are you looking to work? Because, you know, sometimes a youth may not be ready or may not be confident um, into looking for work yet. So, you know, those conversations, do you know how to fill out an application? Do you, you know, do you know how to um, do a resume, cover letter, things like that? So just giving them the basic skills to even, you know, push forward on to, uh, to job to a job um and just having that conversation and building a confidence let them know hey you know even if you don't know how to fill an application or a resume or cover letter we can you know we can make that happen for you we can start here and you know you just be surprised man how much you can get out of a person once they just put a little bit effort uh, and a little bit more confidence within themselves absolutely i mean i think that goes across the spectrum of of every human being we we all feel we all feel um, more empowered when we have those days of confidence, uh, whether it com- comes yeah. from the inside or we just had a really good day at work and, you know, we can break through some of our, our fears or stigmas. Confidence is, is everything. Um, True. Tell me something else about uh, your day that is like a small victory for you or a small win. Um, just uh, so I can give a personal win where we had a, a, a kid here actually at the shelter and um and the good thing with us like we work close with safe net like we're under this the safe net umbrella so we you know even though we can't give them the services um even, and they're receiving their services with safe net we work closely with the kids so i had a young man that um was moving from another state that was here and um i had a conversation trying to figure out what high school he was going to so he shared the high school with with me and he said, Mr. Lay, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm a little nervous because I haven't heard anything good about this particular high school. And I said, Well it's nothing bad about the high school. Yes, it's a big high school, but um, you know, it's all about how you apply yourself and, you know, how you put yourself out there. And he's like, Well, I'm looking for something more, like if I can do something on a 
a smaller scale, smaller classroom, maybe some one-on-one with a teacher. So um, I got a place for you. So I hooked him up with the resource and he's on the verge of graduating, man. It was, it was huge. And, you know, he just couldn't thank us enough for, you know, connecting him with that resource where he can get that smaller scale, that one-on-one uh, teacher to student um, conversation and help that he needed. And now, you know, like I say, he's on in, in a, a process for graduating. Great to hear. Um, at the, uh, at the shelter, um, at safety net, there's, there's all kinds of stability, um, food activities, showers, couch, their own rooms, um, like nearly total acceptance, um, for people who might be non-binary, you you can pick your gender of the bathroom, whatever you want, total acceptance Absolutely. there. Is there any, um, is there any mental health or emotional assistance that, you're able to provide there, or is that where more of like the big building of Zeph comes into play for some of these kids? No, we actually have a youth department right next door that provides those services, which is very accessible. You know what I mean? So we can walk a minute across from the shelter and hit, you know, take the the young person over if they looking for those type of services right to the youth department where they can get set up for case management. Um, what's, what's a message? Obviously, I appreciate you doing this. Um, I, you got- I appreciate you having me, Eric. You don't, you know, like I say, you, sometimes we don't, we don't have the platforms you do. And so for you reaching out and letting us, you know, share our story and our service is huge. So I appreciate you, man. Of course. Of course. Um, let me get close to, to wrapping up here with kind of like a question like that. Um, what would be a misconception that you wish you could erase when it comes to, um, runaway and homeless youth, whether it's a 14 year old, an 18 year old, a 20 year old, any of the kids that you come across, what would be a misconception you would love to get rid of so that people who are more like me, I live in South Toledo, I walk my dogs, I come to work, life is easy for me, but there are a lot of people who don't get to have these kind of encounters because we get caught up in our life and our families. Um, what would you like to say to a, to a person like that to erase a misconception or a stigma so that more people can be involved and help these kids out? Absolutely. So the biggest stigma, man, is, you know, when you hear safety net or a street outreach program, um, because it's under the Zeph umbrella, you know, a kid kind of steers away from it because, you know, because you, when you hear Zeph, you hear, you know, you think of mental behavior, mental health, issues or things like that where yes we're yes we're under the Zeff center's uh, umbrella but safety net is here to 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 provide safe and stable housing you know for a kid that doesn't have that um the street outreach program is here to provide hot showers provide you clothes clothing internet access um a drop-in center where you can watch tv play games and, and just interact with a with a staff member and um, that's the biggest stigma, man. It's just a race, racing. Like because we're under the the umbrella as if doesn't mean that we're going to provide you mental health uh, services. This is a total place where a kid can be a kid. And like if you want to get mental health services, that's a bonus. We can provide that for you. But that's not why you're here. We're here to help you uh, provide safe and stable housing for the time being, and um, provide you with the resources. So, you know, you can you can get back to that place where of being a kid and, and having that, that support and that village that you need to, to be a successful youth growing to it to be an adult in our community. 
Well, thanks for doing all that. Thanks for the great work that you do and, and engaging with these kids. Because you're right, some going back to confidence, some of these kids probably lack some because they have never been cared for or have not been cared for in their lives in a long, long time. And just somebody offering them a shower. And by the way, I've seen the shower. The shower is a lot nicer than many apartments I've seen of my friends growing up in my 20s. So... <laughs> there is stability there. But some of these kids just need to know, I guess, that, that somebody out there is, is willing to look out for them and that can provide them the moment, the momentum to go in a positive direction instead of a lot of the negative ones we've seen, unfortunately, that become news stories. Absolutely. All right, last question, the fun stuff. Yes, sir. Um, where did the Air Max 270s come into play of all this? <laughs> um, I, it's a comfortable shoe, but you know what? I got to get with you, man, because I know you got a nice collection and you know, for guys, the colors uh, is very limited, but I mean, you got a nice, nice little collection going on. So I, I got to tell it you, it was just one of those things. Like I, my, Haley has some, and I'm like, those look very comfortable. She's like, it's the most comfortable shoe in the world. So I said, I got to get me a pair. And yeah, she was right. So I'm trying to build my 270 game up a little bit. So I need to get with you. Here's the tip. Here's here's because <laughs> I ran into the same problem you did. Um, like we didn't have enough colors and I'm like, I kind of like, I kind of like some of the ladies colors. Cause I, I like like volt and they like get all the colors, light. man. Yeah. So you know what? I said, forget what the gender is. If I like the shoe, I'm going to order it in my size, but fits. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, okay. and you know what? They I fit. didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. If I'd have known that a long time ago, yeah, I'd have been having my, my 270 game on <laughs> up to par, but I didn't know we can even, we can do that. I know they can do that. Like the women can wear our shoes, but I didn't know we can. They can make a big enough shoe for us to put yep. on our feet. Yep, I wear 10, 10 in guys, eleven and a half in women's. That's that's how my thing That's is set hilarious. on Goat that's and StockX. And you know what? I I would uh, I should take pictures and I'll send you some pictures and I'll let you guess whether or not the two seventies I have are men's or women's. And you will have you'll you'll miss half the time. I like that. I like that. Awesome. Thanks for the time, Larry. I appreciate it. Uh, youth program coordinator for Safety Net and Zeph is is that what we're going with? Yes, sir. Youth uh, street outreach program for uh, under safety. Yes, sir. Awesome. Stay cool this summer. Help a lot of kids, and I will. Uh, I'll run by and see you guys soon. Okay. I appreciate you, Eric. Thanks for your time, man. Thanks, Larry. Take care. You too.